You're listening to Sarah Picking Entertainment. Throw me the ball and watch what I do with it. You are now tuned into the Cherry Picking Podcast with your host, Andre Cherry. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Andre Cherry your host of the Cherry Picking Podcast. Thank you so much for downloading another episode of the show. I'm grateful for your support, your downloads, your follows. I appreciate you. I have to be honest with you, though. I wasn't planning on releasing a new podcast this week. That NC State loss to Clemson this last Saturday honestly took a lot out of me. I mean, I I needed a week to just have for myself, to have some self-reflection time. And I really was not planning on releasing a podcast this week. But uh, there there has been a firing in college football that I really wanted to talk about and share my thoughts on. So I thought, you know what, why not just do a quick little podcast? This doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out episode. But just talk to you all about the week that was and the week that is coming up and just the news in college football. So we'll, we'll start this off here. And before I get into my week six locks, I just want to talk about that NC State versus Clemson game. Clemson beat NC State 30-20. to Early in the game, it looked like NC State came to play. The defense looked really good. Offensively, we just didn't have what it took last Saturday to overtake Clemson and honestly to be uh, a champion or to be kind of ready for that next step in program history, which would be, you know, an ACC champion. And a lot of people thought, like myself, a college football playoff participant, like I thought this was the year that we take that incremental step up to a new level that we've never been at before. But it it was not meant to be. I mean, Clemson was that champion that you had to come in and beat to be a champion, and we didn't do it. I know there are some fans that are upset about some play calls that got um, th- that got missed by the refs. I'm talking about that fumble in the end zone uh, by Clemson, uh, like right before halftime. There were some other calls that were questionable, and I know people online and in social media, you know, are upset that the refs missed it. But honestly, if you if you are ready to play and ready to be a winner, you just handle your business in other ways. There were other parts of the game where NC State could have had an advantage or could have played better. And and those calls that were missed wouldn't factor into the outcome. Does that make sense? So, I mean, if you play at a certain level and expect to win and dominate, you shouldn't have to rely on missed calls from the ref or call that out as a reason why we didn't do something. And I say we because I'm a, I'm a huge NC State fan. And this is a moment that I've been waiting for my entire life. I'm 36 years old, and I've never seen NC State in this type of position before to control its own destiny. All you had to do was beat Clemson, and you control your destiny outright. The job is not done, certainly. I mean, Clemson has a way to go. NC State would have had a way to go, a ways to go, you beat Clemson, that's the first step. Then you got to beat Florida State, you got to beat Syracuse, you got to beat 
Wake Forest. So it, the job would have been difficult, no matter the you know if NC State had beat Clemson on Saturday or not. But we would have firmly been in the driver's seat of our own destiny. Now Clemson is at the wheels, at the control, and I honestly don't think they will lose another game. I do not think they will lose another game in the ACC. So I think we are looking at the eventual ACC Atlantic champion. I think we're looking at the eventual ACC champion. And I think we are eventually looking at a team that will be in the playoffs again. Probably the number four team in the playoffs. NC State could have been that team firmly in control of its own destiny had it beat Clemson. The offense is not where it needs to be to be at a championship level. The defense, I was I was impressed with the defense, certainly in the first, first half of, of play there. But the offense needs to step up. I, I don't know. I'm not going to put this solely on Devin Leary's shoulders. He's a quarterback for NC State. But he's got to do better. This team has to play better. This team has to play better. I think they were held under 100 yards rushing for the day. I think if I saw that stat correctly. It's just unfortunate that we get these opportunities. You know, college game day was there. Certainly that's a great feeling. That's awesome. But I said on online, on Twitter... It's not just good enough to be here. I don't want to just be at this momentous occasion. Game day is here. We get this primetime game on ABC. No, it's time to step up and win. It is time to move up. It is time to be Clemson. Clemson for a long time in the early 2000s, 90s, late 90s, they were a terrible team. They were not a good team. Florida State was that gold standard. Then Clemson ushered in by Dabo Sweeney, the head coach, was able to overtake Florida State and be that dominant team in the ACC. I mean, for a while, towards the end there, when Jimbo was at FSU, Florida State, Clemson were the two premier teams within the ACC Atlantic, within the ACC overall. But Clemson finally did what it had to to overtake Florida State and be that premier program in not only the conference, but in college football. They are one of the most dominant teams I've seen in college football in the last several years. NC State needs to take that jump. And this was an opportunity to begin that transition to something greater than you've been for, for since I've been alive. 36 years on this earth. And I've never seen NC State be thought of as a dominant team in college football. You know, 14 ranking within the AP is nice. We were number 10 last week heading into that Clemson matchup. But that's not good enough for me. I'm ready for them to step up and go where no other program has gone before in NC State's history. Since I've been alive. Since my father has been alive. This was a moment we squandered it. I'm disappointed. I'm not disappointed in calls that were missed. I'm disappointed that we couldn't bring our best effort, a championship-like effort, to beat Clemson this past weekend and be that team firmly in control of its own destiny within the ACC Atlantic Division. I had to start this episode off with that because it's been weighing heavily on my, my heart and my mind. NC State, you know me. If you know me well, you know I love NC State. That's my team that I grew up with. It's just a shame that I won't have that opportunity this season. We could get lucky and Clemson loses two games within the ACC. I don't see that happening. I just don't see Clemson losing in the conference. So it is what it is. 
But I just had to start off with that, that I'm disappointed that NC State didn't have what it what it takes to be a champion. I think there is a lot of talent on this team, a lot of experience, and it's just it's a shame that it all couldn't sync up for its game against Clemson last weekend. But there will be better days, I'm sure. So for my week six locks in the ACC, taking NC State over Florida State. I'm hopping right back on the train. I think NC State is going to be pissed off that they lost last weekend against Clemson. Florida State has looked much improved. You got to give that whole team credit for uh, playing as well as they have. They lost a, a heartbreaker to Wake Forest last weekend. So they will also be looking for a, a win this weekend. And there's still a lot to play for in the ACC Atlantic race. I mean, it's not over, certainly, but you need a, you need a win to keep your, your hopes alive within the conference because Wake Forest is going to be another team that is going to be in the mix there as well. So I think NC State will rebound. They will beat Florida State. That's a big game at home this upcoming weekend in Raleigh. I think that's a, a late game as well. So I, I'm taking NC State over Florida State. I think it'll be a big atmosphere. It'll be crazy. It'll be fun. So I'm taking the Wolfpack over the Seminoles. In the Big Ten, I'm taking Wisconsin over Northwestern. Chicago's Big Ten team, Northwestern. Wisconsin and Northwestern have not looked like itself this season. Northwestern is usually a team that is consistent this year. You know, they're going through a little bit of a transition period, certainly. They have not looked well at all. Wisconsin has been surprising, and we'll get into it. They had a recent uh, change at head coach. Uh, Paul Christ was fired just a couple days ago. This program is, I would say, in a little state of turmoil here. I, I, it, that was not a popular decision to fire Paul uh, Christ. And so we'll get into it a little, la- little bit later on. But I think this is a huge game for Wisconsin. I think they're favored by like 10 points right now. Northwestern certainly going the wrong way this season. Wisconsin as well had a tough loss against Illinois. This past weekend, I think Wisconsin rebounds big time over Northwestern. I think this is a blowout. I think they get a win for their former head coach. So I'm taking the Badgers over the Wildcats. In the Big 12, I'm taking Texas over Oklahoma. Texas gets their QB back this week, I I think is what I I saw. Oklahoma's quarterback got knocked out. Targeting call last weekend. It was crazy if you saw that uh, game. And what ended up being a, a blowout. Uh, at the hands of TCU last weekend. I think there's some people that are concerned about Oklahoma in the state of the program and if Brett Venables is the, the right guy for the job because Oklahoma looked bad last weekend. The weekend before that, they, they looked bad as well against Kansas State. So it's trending in the wrong direction for Oklahoma. I think this is a good opportunity for Texas to get a victory in the Red River sh- uh, showdown, shootout whatever we're calling it this year, but I think Texas wins this weekend, and I think they win big. In the Pac-12, I'm taking Washington over Arizona State. Washington is a really good program. Arizona State is without its head coach, uh, who got fired a few weeks ago. I think Washington has a good opportunity. I mean, they've been playing well this season. They're a team that will be in the mix within the Pac-12, taking the uh, Huskies over the Sun Devils. In the SEC, I'm taking Alabama over Texas A&M. Texas A&M, they're about to get exposed as frauds. I know, what, in week two, 
or week three when they played Appalachian State. They lost, which was a surprising loss to many. Texas A&M since then has had some close calls. They should have they should have lost to Arkansas a few weeks ago. They lost last weekend to Mississippi State, but I don't think Texas A&M is going to even have a shot in this game against Alabama. I know Bryce Young had a shoulder injury. I haven't heard his status for the game this Saturday, but Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher in particular, I just think he's frauding right now. That team needs a lot of help, especially on offense. I just I think right now they're in survival mode mentality over there in Texas A&M. Um, I think it'll be an ugly loss, and it's crazy because Texas A&M was the only team to hand Alabama a loss within the conference last season in regular play, regular season play, that is. But I just don't think it's going to be close this season. I think Alabama has revenge on its mind, and I think they are going to beat up on the Aggies pretty good this weekend. So that's my SEC prediction, Alabama over Texas A&M. But real quick, I'll run those back for you one more time. My week six locks within the Power Five conferences, this is just straight-up predictions. In the ACC, NC State over Florida State. In the Big Ten, Wisconsin over Northwestern. In the Big 12, Texas over Oklahoma. In the Pac-12, Washington over Arizona State. And in the SEC, Alabama over Texas A&M. Hello, mates. I'm Jack. I'm Kenny. And welcome to Rock and Roll Up, the music and wrestling podcast. Here, you'll find our weekly music and wrestling podcast with our signature wacky comedy twist. So wacky. Expect news. Special episodes. Controversial hot takes. And comedy features such as Kenny's rant. Jack's joke of the week. (laughs) And of course, pun association. Musical fruit. John Lemon. So wacky. So like, comment, share and subscribe. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher and SoundCloud. You can get involved with the conversation at Rock Roll Up Pod on Twitter and at Rock and Roll Up Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Are you ready to step inside the ring with these two heavyweights? Big time. Peace out. And now, real quick, we look at my college football predictions that I made uh, preseason. These are the teams that I thought would make it to the college football playoffs. Uh, So I made these in the preseason. I had Alabama, Ohio State, NC State, and Iowa. Alabama, they had a good week five. They, uh, well, not so good. I mean, they lost quarterback Bryce Young to a shoulder injury during the second quarter of the game against Arkansas. And for a minute there, it did look as if Bama would be in trouble because Arkansas made it a game for for a little bit. But then the offense was able to eventually kick it up and overtake the Razorbacks 49-26. to I find it fascinating, truly, that Nick Saban has never lost to Arkansas in his 16 years as Bama's head coach, which is fascinating that they've never lost to Arkansas. I know Arkansas got close last year, if you remember that game. This year, not so lucky Arkansas was. I mean, they that's pretty unlucky, 49-26. This weekend, Bama is favored by 24 points against against Texas A&M. I think the tide rolled big in this revenge game over A&M. Like I said, I think A&M is just in survival mode right now. And I found a fascinating tweet online this past weekend on, on Twitter from Adam Gorney, at Adam Gorney. 
He says, after a blowout 42-24 loss at Mississippi State today, Jimbo Fisher, who would be owed more than $95 million if he was fired without cause, has the same record, which is 37-16, and as Kevin Sumlin through their first 53 games as the coach at Texas A&M. I mean, that's a lot of money, and they're certainly not going to pay him out and, and fire him this season. I just think Jimbo... And I've said it before, he's a good salesman. I don't think he I don't think he's as good of a coach as many people peg him as or we think he is. I think he's a great recruiter. I think he can motivate a team. I just don't know how well he is at actually coaching. And once his players started leaving at Florida State, some of those stars off that team, you saw Jimbo just pretty much took a quick exit to get out of there. And he went to the money at Texas A&M. I'm not surprised that he's in the situation that he is right now. And again, I think they would have lost against Arkansas earlier this season. I'm not saying that he'll get fired this year. It would take a lot for him to just kind of implode and for the A&M program to want to go in another direction. But I just, I don't, I think his seat is warming, I guess is a good way to say it. I think Bama will beat up on AM pretty good this weekend. I'd like to be proven wrong, but I just don't see it, honestly. So I think Bama survives through another week of the college football season. They are safe as one of my teams that I think will make it to the playoffs this postseason. Then we've got Ohio State. They're another unbeaten team. OSU won big last week over Rutgers by a score of 49-10. to and if you can believe it or not, the Buckeyes have scored 49 or more points in nine straight games against Rutgers. And that is the longest streak by any team against a single opponent dating back to at least 1936 when the AP started keeping track of this. So, damn. That's pretty bad. And there was a fight that broke out as well, maybe because OSU was padding the score there. But OSU rolls on. That offense is looking really good. Ohio State, they're favored by at least 25.5 points over Michigan State this weekend. I think the Buckeyes roll big again this week against Michigan State. I know there are some folks calling out Mel Tucker. He just signed, what, a 10-year deal last season? The season wasn't even done, and he signed a new 10-year deal with Michigan State to stay there as a head coach. He's getting paid a lot. And I think people are thinking... Is he really worth all that money for that and that long-ass contract? And they've been kind of faltering this season. I mean, they have not looked as good as they did last season. But I think a lot of people are like, what's the deal here, Mel? I mean, did, did we make a mistake? You know, certainly there's plenty of season to go. But it's not he's not the darling of college football as he was last season in the Big Ten at this same time. That's rough as well. I mean, that's a that's a long contract, 10 seasons. I mean, that's that's insane. I mean, you really are committed to somebody for 10 years. That is a little crazy. Anyways, Ohio State, their favorite big. I think they'll beat Michigan State this weekend. And if you look at Ohio State's schedule, truly the only test I see on the schedule remaining is Penn State on October 29th. That defense has been playing really well. They've got Maryland on November 19th. Maryland has been playing well this season, which is good. Uh, And Michigan, the last game of the season, on November 26th. So there are only a few tests, and I do that in quotation air marks, on Ohio State's schedule because this team is just rolling. They're dominant. They're looking good. 
I just don't see anything slowing them down. Potentially against Penn State in a few weeks from now, but like I said, even that's not a guarantee. I, I think Ohio State is just that good of a team this season. And I'm not going to even mention NC State. I've told you before, they need some help from Clemson. The Tigers are going to need to lose at least two games for for NC State to even have a shot at doing anything. It's possible Clemson could lose. I just I don't feel confident because it's not in NC State's control. They don't control their destiny. They have to look for help. So NC State is kind of on the outside looking in potentially. Iowa, I'm not going to even talk about those guys because Iowa is looking like a mess right now. They had a good shot this season in the West to do something, but that offense just isn't ready. That offense is not playing well enough to be able to beat you know, a Big Ten East opponent in the championship game should they get there, had they, had they gotten there. I think there are other teams within the West that will prove to be tougher competition, a better fit at the end of the season for an eventual Big Ten West champion, namely Minnesota or even Illinois. I think those are the two teams you got to look out for out of the West. I think Iowa has played themselves out of any sort of serious contention to be a champion at the end of the season or even be in the playoffs. So they will not be a team that I talk about anymore for my college football predictions. But right now I've got two teams that I feel really confident in, Alabama and Ohio State. I'm excited to see what they do in week six action. And then finally, before we get out of here, did just want to bring up the news uh, that broke a couple days ago that Wisconsin fired its head coach, Paul Christ, after eight seasons. Interim coach Jim Leonard steps in. So now that makes some big college football openings already this season. We got Nebraska, Georgia Tech, Arizona State, Wisconsin, Colorado. I mean, all these coaches were fired within the season. And we're only six weeks into the season. So there's going to be some big shuffling that happens at the end of the season. Some big time names will be filling some of these jobs. I mean, it's going to be a pretty, pretty good period of activity there, probably at the end of the season when these jobs get filled. Wisconsin firing Paul Christ, I just did not see that coming at all. I know Wisconsin has been regressing a little bit or feels like this season. They have not played well at all. I'm just being for real. The one game that they looked really dominant in was against my alma mater, Illinois State. And that's just a you know a one double A program. That's not even an FBS one division one program. So that doesn't really count. You lose against Washington State, a head scratcher there. You get embarrassed by Ohio State. I saw that coming. I think the final nail in the coffin was their loss this past weekend to Illinois. And a lot of people online that are close to the Badgers program see that Illinois loss as like the floor has dropped. Like the whole world has come down because Illinois beat us. Like that can never happen. Illinois being good and beating us. It just, that just can't happen. So what I'm about to say here, I said this on Twitter, but I want to explain what I'm about to say. I'm not uh, an Illinois fan by any means. I actually grew up not, really liking that program at all, but I've, I've grown to respect them. I've grown to just enjoy the progress that they've been making for their college football program. They've steadily been building up a program that, uh, like a winning culture. Lovey Smith started it, that program that the, the, um, 
the resources they have within that program and what they've done to just kind of build it up and make it player friendly and, and all the amenities. They're trying to build up a winning culture. And Brett Bilma came in and he's a guy that gets it. He's from that area, a Big Ten guy. You would think that he could pick up where Lovey left off and could really build that into a, a winning program or at least take it to where it needs to be to be competitive within the Big Ten. And he's doing that right now. And for fans of Wisconsin to be offended, so strongly offended that Illinois actually beat them, it's disrespectful to Illinois. I mean, it's just, it's just disrespectful to be like, oh, they beat us. This should have never happened. We were, you know, we we were only seven point favorites over Illinois and we lost. Like, I think that's a wrong mentality. And certainly nothing lasts forever. Wisconsin had a run and a reign over the Big Ten West for a minute, it felt like. But things are changing and it's evolving. And Illinois is a better program this season. I think they are a team that will potentially vie for the championship game within the Big Ten West. I think they will be a team that could legitimately be there. They, they're they running the ball ex- extremely well. That, that team is playing very well, well-coached. So I think the pieces are in place for Illinois to do something big this season. And I just, I found it so offensive that Wisconsin fans would be so angered and, and, and hurt by the fact that Illinois beat them. That Illinois actually, little brother Illinois beat us. Like that can't happen. So I, th- I thought that was just ridiculous. But I, th- I think even more ridiculous is the fact that Paul Christ was fired. I, I don't know the conversations that have been happening with the program and the AD and and the former head coach, Paul Christ. But it feels as if perhaps somebody may be in line for that job on a permanent basis. Somebody else that they wanted to just pull down and, and make sure they secure for the future. Some people are saying it's Jim Leonard, who's been a really good assistant for a while within college football. He's a name that you hear about a lot within circulating around as potential next head coaches. That could very well be. But the fact that you fire Paul Christ, he's been there for eight seasons at Wisconsin. He's got a 67 and 26 record. He's won the Big Ten a handful of times, a couple times, taking them to big bowl games, been a winner. It's just confusing. That's a confusing move to make that change. I know it feels like a little bit of a regression right now, but haven't you bought into to Paul after all these seasons that he's been there? Haven't you? Don't you respect him enough to give him the chance to at least finish out the season? I mean, I thought you just resigned him to an extension, which is crazy, and you make this deal or you make this move to let him go after. Uh, performance against Illinois. I think Illinois was probably the final nail in the coffin. I, I think the AD was probably thinking about making this move, and I think that loss against Illinois, the way they lost, was what, I guess, drove this to fruition. But if we look at Paul Chris's record, he was 67-26 and 43-18 in the Big Ten. He won three Big Ten West titles, two New York Six Bowls, and he was a two-time Big Ten Coach of the Year. And they make this decision. So they, they better have somebody lined up if it truly is Jim Leonard. That's uh, that's a big, big, uh, big shoes he has to step into and, and try to fill that void. But I can tell you it was not a popular choice. I mean, you could go on Twitter right now and look up Paul Christ. See all the tweets that have been circulating from former players, current players. Anthony Davis, 
former running back for the Badgers. He said, I'm thankful for all that PC gave us. Great bowl record and mostly winning seasons, even in the midst of losing key staff members and navigating a health pandemic. And then he says, salute. Yeah, risky move is another thing I'm seeing online. Let's see what else we got here. Reddit college football. Cannot make this up. Paul Chris is fired after getting 67 wins at Wisconsin. Third all-time for the Badgers. The guy above him? Question mark. Brett Bielema, who won 68 games with Wisconsin and blew out Chris yesterday in Madison. There's a statement from the Badgers. This was on Twitter. After a heartfelt and authentic conversation with Coach Coach Christ about what is in the long-term best interest of our football program, I have concluded that now is the time for a change in leadership. Paul is a man of integrity who loves his players. I have great respect and admiration for Paul and the legacy of him and his family at the University of Wisconsin. I also have confidence in Jim Leonard to guide the program for the remainder of the season. There is still a lot of season left to play, and I know Jim will do a great job while the program is under his leadership. And that was from Chris McIntosh. Uh, director of athletics of Wisconsin. So a lot of people mixed feelings about it. I mean, there are other players on here that, and I'll find you the tweet here from Braylon Allen, the superstar running back for the Badgers. He said on Twitter, anyone who wanted coach Chris gone, isn't a part of this team. That tweet got over 10.5 thousand likes. It was retweeted 828 times. A lot of comments uh, on that as well. I mean, this is this is a big bomb that dropped up there in Madison. And Jim Leonard is a guy that is, like I said, highly respected. But that's a not a very popular move right now that they let him go, let Paul Chris go. But Jim Leonard, been with the program, you know, pl- former player there. He is someone that certainly will get a shot to be a head coach, especially depending on how he finishes out the season. He can turn it around, you know, that only helps his stock. But I truly am worried about Dave Doran, head coach, NC State. And I said it a couple weeks ago, people were throwing his name out there for the Nebraska job, but he's got ties to Wisconsin. He was a former coach there back in the day before he became the NIU head coach. I am worried about that job opening up because I wonder if he is eyeing a return to Wisconsin. I'm not saying that this is something that is happening right now, but I feel like you don't let Paul Chris go unless there was somebody else you're eyeing. And could it be Jim Leonard? Potentially. But I feel like you could have kept Paul Chris as a head coach this season and then made a move at the end of the season and put in Jim Leonard because Jim is loyal to Wisconsin. And I feel like if you have those conversations at the end of the year, you may have a chance to make that transition. I feel as if they're opening this up for somebody else. That's my opinion. I, I don't have nothing to base that off of, but I truly am worried about Dave Doran potentially going to Wisconsin, going back home. He's a Midwest Midwest guy. Uh, he went to Drake. I think he lives in Kansas. But I think that is a job that worries me. And I said it on the podcast last week. I'm saying it again. Dave Doran to Wisconsin is a real possibility for the Badgers, in my opinion. Again, I, I don't, know why you make that move unless you don't unless you have somebody lined up but it's a tremendous coach a tremendous uh, guy from everything I'm seeing on Twitter he was a good coach good had good character good leader so I'm sure he'll land on his feet somewhere it's just it's sad because he's a Wisconsin guy he was born in Madison his dad was a former coach there 
So he grew up with the program. And I heard online that he actually is negotiating his exit compensation. I think he he would have been owed like over $19 million. But I heard he's negotiating that down with the, the school so that they can use those funds and retain that and potentially make the program better. So it just shows you what type of guy he is, Paul Christ, that he is negotiating his exit um, salary, uh, so to speak, his exit payment. Tough loss. I'm sure Wisconsin will rebound this weekend, get a good win against Northwestern, but that's just huge news that dropped in college football this past weekend at the end of the weekend. And so I, I had to come on the mic and just share my thoughts and opinions on that. That's that's unfortunate that that move had to be made, um, but hopefully it, it helps Wisconsin out in the long run. We've seen that, though, at Nebraska. They made a similar move. They fired Frank Solich, and that program has just never been the same. I mean, Bo Pelini actually had a, a pretty decent record there, if you think about it. And even then, it, it wasn't the same, and they haven't been able to reach that standard of success that they've envision for themselves and it's just been a long long time to get that program back so whatever this ad is thinking at wisconsin i hope he didn't do it without much consideration and thought because it's no guarantee that you'll get back to that level of success that you had before so that's the final thing i'll say on that but that's really really surprising move from wisconsin real quick we look at some top week six matchups we got of course Number 19, TCU versus number 19, Kansas. These two teams are undefeated right now. This is a big-time game within the, the Big 12. Who would have ever thought Kansas would be in this position right now? The the good thing with them being undefeated and being ranked in the AP poll, game day, college game day, that's right, is going to be in Lawrence, Kansas this week for that matchup. The number 19 ranking is Kansas' 110th appearance in the AP poll all-time with its highest ranking at number two coming on November 18th, 2007, which is crazy. Kansas has been ranked number 19 nine times within the AP poll, with the most recent ranking coming back on October 25th, 2008. So I was still in college. So that's a long, long time ago. Coach Lance Leipold, he is a hot commodity within college football. I'm hearing his name tossed around for Nebraska's open position for a head coach right now. Other prominent jobs within college football are eyeing him as well. From what, if you believe anything you hear in uh, social media and through the, through uh, you know college game day and other shows like that, so Lance Leipold, he has really uh, turned that program around. That culture is is it's contagious. I mean, they have like a winning culture right now. It's it seems fun to be a, a Kansas Jayhawk, which is crazy because they were always such a laughing stock in college football. But they've turned it around. I mean, they legitimately could go to a bowl game. And I think for them, that should be the goal. Go to a bowl, and that's a that's a good season. I, I like this start. What are they, 5-0 and right now? That's great. That's fantastic. I don't know that they can keep it up. I would love to see it. But I think, truthfully, that goal should be to go to a bowl game. And I think they can do it. I think they will have a tough, tough game against TCU. TCU played really well against Oklahoma. I don't know if Kansas has what it takes to beat TCU, but I would love to see it, of course. And so hats off to that program, turning it around. They're fun. They are the darlings of college football this season. I love their uniforms, by the way. That that all that all red uni, the all blue uni, their white uni, like it's all fresh. I would love to wear and rock some Kansas gear. That'd be that'd be dope because they've got some cool colors and 
cool uh, cool uniforms. But uh, yeah, that's a big game this weekend. Certainly, we got Iowa versus Illinois. Iowa's trending backwards. They're three and two right now. Illinois is four and one. Chase Brown, the running back for Illinois, he has been phenomenal. He leads all FBS rushers with 733 yards. So he is the leading rusher in all of college football. That team looks, they look like they're having fun. That team looks like they could score from different angles, from all different players. And so they are a team you got to look out for. I think Illinois will beat Iowa this weekend. I'm just going to say it. I think they can do it. Then we've got number 11, Utah versus number 18, UCLA. That's another big-time game within the Pac-12 this weekend. That'll be a fun watch. I think that's in the afternoon on Saturday. Uh, UCLA is undefeated. That offense has looked amazing. Dorian Thompson-Robinson has looked uh, amazing. But Utah is a tough team. They they are capable of winning the Pac-12 this season. So that's a big-time matchup in week six of college football. Number 11, Utah versus number 18, UCLA. We've got number six, USC. They're also undefeated. And they'll be playing the Cougars of Washington State, who I believe are 4-1 right now. So there's some teams and some games that will have my interest this weekend. I hope you guys have a good seat on the couch for all of the action. I appreciate you downloading this episode. I'm a little bit of self-reflection, like I said. NC State let me down, but I am an NC State fan for life, so I'm hoping for better days. This would have been the opportunity for NC State to finally take control of its own destiny and be that team that everyone is looking at. But it was not meant to be. It just wasn't meant to be this season, I guess. Anyways, thank you guys for listening. I'm going to get out of here. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the downloads. Have fun watching college football this weekend, and I cannot wait to talk to you soon. Take care, everybody. Peace. Thank you again for tuning into my Cherry Picking Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe to my show and drop me a rating on Apple Podcasts. All of my digital content can be found at the website cherrypickingsports.com. If you are looking to interact with me via social media, my Twitter handle is at cherry underscore pickin'. That's P-I-C-K-I-N. On my Twitter, you'll also find a link to my blog where I post my weekly college football predictions and analysis. I can also be reached via email at cherrypickinsports at gmail.com. Please feel free to reach out to me regarding what you like about this podcast or about what content you'd like to hear more of on future episodes. I sincerely thank you for your support, and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Take care.